welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast, where we talk about duties that we men need to fulfill. The masculine is driven by selfless duty, spirituality, and the overcoming of obstacles. It is raw, primal, selfless, principle-driven, solitary, and underappreciated. My name is Dhruv Sethi. Join me on the spiritual journey of acquiring knowledge so that we become independent, self-sovereign thinkers and doers for everyone. Find us on all major podcast platforms where we encourage you to like, share and subscribe or learn more at mlmpod.info. I am here with my coaches, my instructors, Andrew, who was my Krav Maga coach for about 18 months, but left the gym for reasons that we will not discuss here. Right, Andrew? Reasons. And Wesley, who's my boxing instructor for, I think, around six months or so. And my observation with you guys has been that both of you have opposite styles in teaching, but both very much interested in what you guys do, but both very effective. And that's why I train with both of you, because I learned something two different ways, but still being very effective. And did you guys observe that as well about each other at the gym? Wesley didn't get to come to any of my classes because I think he was too busy preparing for his fights. But I got to go to one of Wes's classes. I don't know if we were that different. Boxing is boxing fundamentally. You're, you're getting people to hit stuff and get them moving and get them active and changing things up. So I don't know if we were that different. You'll have to maybe elaborate on how we were that different from each other. I think when it comes to that, that's when we should probably put Krav Maga and boxing, right? It is a completely different story. Yeah, for sure. However, Omar Schwartz walking together. I have the opportunity to meet Andrew, but I also used to be a good friend with another guy from the Philippines. His name is Anderson. Not a really local name, not Filipino, because the Philippines has a different. They have a Spanish background, though. He was a Krav Maga. These guys are specializing in disarming people as well, right? They can disarm. Thank you for the opportunity anyway. As an MMA fighter, I would freak out if I get a guy with a knife on the street. I wouldn't really know what to do. It's different. And when you come to boxing, a guy who get Mayweather and another guy come run after him with a gun, he, I'm sure he wouldn't know. I think he would run. He would run, but that Krav Maga wouldn't know what to do. It's a completely different reality. You made a good point, Andrew, that you never know what situation can come up. In reality, right? Yeah, I hear this a lot. So guys say to me, anything can come up in a fight. A fight can go any way or whatever. Anything can happen in the streets. And that's true, but it's not completely true because you are training to fight human beings and human beings do certain things and they are reasonably predictable. I mean, in some ways, they're kind of less predictable if they're untrained. So that's why you kind of worry about rolling more with the white belt than the purple belt. But at the same time, the really untrained tend to behave in reasonably predictable ways. Mm. So you are kind of thinking of preparing for the reasonable person so much as that guy can be profiled. And you are trying to kind of predict what are the most likely things are going to happen in a self-defense scenario. You've got to teach the student in order of priority. So which ones are most likely to happen first? heading towards you know eventually gets to the point where you get two guys with like knives and sticks and guns and things charging at you all at once yeah. yeah that brings us to the purpose of this episode and it's to explore martial arts combat sports and how we can improve confidence in men 
you change an energy about you and maybe turn your lives around. We're absolutely not encouraging any street fights. That is rule number one of street fight is to not get into one. But knowing that you can effectively protect yourself and your family, close ones, that in itself will change your energy and you'll never have to get into that. So the purpose of this episode is to see how this can change your life around, be part of a community, get into shape and take that into the world, into your job, into your career. All martial art is important for life in many shape and form. It does good to you. It saves people's life. It did save mine. Nobody needs to be literally taking this thing professionally like I did. But it is good to have that kind of extra weapon. I mean, everybody have weapons, right? But they don't really know what to do with it. The elbows, the knee. It is nice to get to know what to do with this weapon. And martial art is amazing. Every martial art, I'm specializing for, do martial art. It changes you. It's going to be good for you to live your life nicely and not worry about what you can or not predict. But it's good because you never know. Living in the street, walking around, trying to guess what can happen or not happen is impossible because anything can happen anytime. We don't have the control of other people. And if you have something when it comes to martial arts in you, I would walk away. And now sometimes you have no choice. But martial arts in a general sense would, right? I know I have a lot of friends who knows things, they are pro, and they would go around fucking about with guys. But I don't like that. Later on, I'm going to put a situation that happens to me before, but, you know, I was able to walk away. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave me alone. And I've got to push a slap on the face. That's a funny thing. That was Wesley with martial arts, you know, with the knowledge. Because my life before, when I didn't know anything about martial arts, I was that kind of guy, like, just don't touch me, because if you don't touch me, everything's going to be fine. I used to fight. I, if you touch me, I used to be ignorant, afraid. People are afraid. When you know martial arts, you're no longer afraid. And you don't really care if someone call you son of a bitch or whatever. You know what I mean? It shows you that street fight, nobody wins. Nobody wins. So listen to what I'm saying right now. Everybody knows that. Like Jesus said, they don't know what they do. They know we what they do. And I'm including myself. Do you feel that way about all martial arts, Wes? Because people often come up to me and they're like, oh, the Krav Maga's better, isn't it? Because it's like you want to do something that's realistic and it's reality-based. And I'm like, dude, if you have no fighting background in your life, there's benefit to be had in every system. And the other thing is that any system that's survived and is being taught, where it's out there, like it's a known system, it's got its own Wikipedia page or something, I think every system has something to offer you, especially if you're just learning. And there's so many great fighters who have just begun from all sorts of different martial arts in different places, and they get to wherever they get to. But the important thing is actually to be on the way. You begin that process of internal transformation, regardless of which martial art you choose. Just get on the way, get on the path. So which four martial arts are you specializing in? I've learned Muay Thai when I used to live in Thailand. And very soon when I went to Indonesia, I joined this guy's MMA academy and I got invited to do my first amateur mm -hmm. fight. I love it. I won it. How long had you been training when they asked you? I was just doing Muay Thai, just like once or twice a week. And they got you to do an MMA fight? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's how they, they got you started, then in cage fighting. I'd like to give a shout out to Franzino. Franzino Tita, one of the number one fighters in, in Indonesia. A very good fighter. Now they are running a very good show over there. It was always a great opportunity to be a trainer, but that was the first. I started training with them. So you had no ground game? No, no, not at all. 
that's the reason when I came back home and I started watching my videos with my ex-girlfriend, I think I can do that. I saw a potential in this body. You sure it wasn't uh, your ex-girlfriend telling you you should do better? <laughs> no, she was freaking out. She didn't want me to. Like my mother, no one wants you to do this thing. Ah, I didn't want to do this thing. That's something interesting. That's interesting. That's super interesting. It took me about two to three, nearly four years for me to actually... People don't think I'm a fight when they look and start talking to me. You don't look like it. You don't speak like a fight. No, nothing like that. Don't even think about it. As soon as I start in this game, in this craft, I have a hard time because I'm a peace guy. I'm as always been, even before I hate fighting. That was very hard for me to understand that. So Muay Thai was one of them. Which are the other three? Then I realized very soon after my first professional loss <laughs> that I have to do Jiu-Jitsu. 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 I lost my first professional, my debut, or the PXC, PXC combat made in the Philippines. They're from Guam, an American island. I have my first professional fight. I fought a guy from Singapore. The guy, Safik Samad, he was a purple belt. He have a very decent boxing. I have no idea about boxing. Muay Thai offers not really good strike when it comes to boxing. No. People need to understand that. If you listen to this, when you know Muay Thai, and this goes for those guys who is starting MMA as well, or who wants to be good in MMA. You need to master your boxing. The boxing from Muay Thai is not even compared. Because there's a lot of other weapons, right? Knee, elbow, and all. Boxing is completely different. You know? So I realized that, and then I started learning boxing. That was the third martial art I actually got myself in. So first Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, when I lost, when I somewhat kicked my ass <laughs> in that canvas, I have to do something about it. I spent a whole year learning jiu-jitsu from zero. Then I came back from my second fight and I won it. I ironically made it just like the way I lost here before. Sometimes uh, losses are our biggest teachers. Usually our losses are our biggest teachers because it's pain, isn't it? So the greater the pain, the faster, the more and the harder you learn. More emotional than physical sometimes, isn't it? And I suppose as a fighter, like sometimes even the distinction between the two, I'm not even sure where the border is, especially as you become more immune to managing physical pain. Someone asked me recently, are you in pain? And I was like, oh yeah, I actually, I am in pain. And so I didn't even realize I was in pain because you're just so used to pain as a fighter. It's a game of bluffing as well. A lot of people don't get that. It's a game of bluffing, like, this is what they call faint, faint, faint. And then you take a punch and you laugh. Ha, it wasn't much. Give me another one. It's bullshit. It's painful yes. physically too. A bit like uh, <laughs> Izzy Adesanya and Alex Pereira in the last fight, where he pretended that he was hurt. I don't know whether he was pretending if he was hurt. He looks like a little bit he might have been defensive, right? He might have been slightly rocked, but I think it was part of the game plan to draw him into the fence and counter him. He knows Pereira gets like wild once he starts to shell and looks like he's breaking. I think that the part of that strategy was to draw that out. But Izzy is good on the mic, man. I don't know if he was really <laughs> pretending, playing possum, as he said, or whether he was actually rocked. I didn't even think about something that just popped up in my mind right now. He goes to the cage, right? Maybe he realized his coach is this guy's talking in the gym, training the strategy. Pereira doesn't really take people down. It's none of them. So... Let's stay defensive, something that would be not as big deal for Tasania. Because that's a problem when you stay on that situation and you become quite vulnerable to be taken down. They do a couple shots at that and go to the double legs. But maybe they spoke about it, but he's not going to do that. Pereira doesn't do that. You have a point there, Andrew. When Adesanya played possum, mm -hmm. I could sense that Pereira got a bit excited. The energy level did get up. And somewhere there was, 
He should have maybe maintained that energy level, maybe stayed calm a little bit. He got a bit excited, I felt. I've never been in a amateur or professional fight, right? Even like in crazy hard sparring with friends, right? So with friends, we can escalate in the actual role. And we know we're both friends. With strangers, we say we go light and I keep it light all the way. Because otherwise, if you start escalating, it escalates and then you end up with concussion or whatever. But between friends, sometimes you do begin light. And then if it's a really long round... You when both, you realise you're ready. <laughs> no, but you both kind of like communicate. You've been training with each other for years, right? And then you kind of get going and then you kind of know you're both in it and then you, you kind of communicate and then you warm up. But anyway, my point was that I haven't even been in like a ring or something like that. So I can't imagine like the surge of energy, like the adrenaline when the guy starts to break and you're like, finish him. And your coaches and everyone that you've been training with for the last few months are going, Wesley, Wesley, go on, finish him, finish him from the side and everyone's going like completely nuts on the side <laughs> it's like how do you keep your blood down and like under control when that's happening and go no i'm gonna stay composed and just jab 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 work the body how can you do that man i mean like Wes, have you ever been in a position where you thought i can smell blood in the water but i'm like i'm gonna keep composed i'm not gonna push for the finish yeah it's been a huge learning process for me unfortunately i haven't fought as much as i wish I have those three opportunities to fight on first semi-pros back in the day that I kill it with Muay Thai only. Of course, I started to believe that I could do this thing. It took me three years to decide it. Don't know how to say that. It's so many things happening at the same time. There is a time that you think like you're fighting for the struggle that life gives you, gives all of us. Maybe money, background, tough stuff, which is a lot of athletes out there goes through this, you know. What's the reason actually I'm fine? That's something that I've been trying to figure out to this day. So that got me lost when it comes to strategy. I'm still working a lot on that, you know, like, what am I going to do next time? I've learned a lot, every each one, from the first pro until now. Right? I only fought four times so far. Four, right? Safik, the win and the loss, so those two. And then and I won and now I was safe for five years without fighting, coming to the UK from Asia. It's a long break, more than five years. And then I start and I got this under the 10 months. Last 10 months, I got the two wins and one loss back to back, which is good. A lot of people think when you stay for a long time without fighting, it sucks. It's funny, people don't know that, but I was active. I didn't abandon the job. I didn't say to myself, like, I'm retiring. It's ring rust, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a mind. My mind gets lost when it comes to strategy. I don't know what to say. I, today, try to not overthink. I just try to go inside over there and then... Because every time I'm telling myself, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, you get there and you end up doing nothing. I want to check with Andrew as well. Andrew, what were your specialities? There's only two, I would say, specialities. So I've been a practitioner of Krav Maga continuously for 14 years. I've been a boxer since... 2012. I think after 12 years, I can say that's been my other specialties. Other than that, I've trained a system called Urban Combatives, which is a superb system set up by a chap called Lee Morrison in Southampton. Very modern, really designed for self-defense. Some Jeet Kune Do with the great Bob Breen as well. Seminars in Sistema with Kevin Sikors, who runs a, an amazing school in Canada. And then more latterly, MMA. So working on jujitsu mixed martial arts, grappling, wrestling, trying to put it all together. So going back to martial arts and how they can change an energy about you, calm you down, give you confidence, it can help you turn your lives around. Andrew, I mean, all martial arts can help you with that, but to add the element of effectively protecting yourself as well, what are your top three martial arts? 
for helping men do that. The way I see it is you've got four broad categories here. You've got combat sports, right? MMA, judo, boxing, whatever. Things which are sports. You've got traditional martial arts. Right? So your wushu, your kung fu, your wing chun, aikido, maybe. You've got mixed martial arts, so like the modern system where it's a competitive sport, but it's like the modern competitive sport whereby you go, anything goes. Then you've got systems of self-defense. So systems which are aimed at defending yourself in a street scenario. So what Wes was saying about like if a guy pulls a knife on me, being able to deal with that as well. So each fighting system is definitely going to make you a better person, like a richer, deeper, better person. And it's just going to improve your life if you just start to learn to engage in the act of learning to fight because it's going to help you in terms of your confidence so you don't have to fight. But if you want to learn to defend yourself and other people in a street context or a self-defense context, then I think you either need to learn mixed martial arts, which has stand-up striking, stand-up wrestling, and ground fighting, yeah, with some additional modules. So I know some people who have done that training and then they've gone off and trained knife, multiple attackers, defending other people, for instance, and then learned a bit about the law. So you could do it that way. Or you need to learn a dedicated system of self-defense, which is what hopefully Krav Maga is if I'm doing my job properly. So what are your top three? <laughs> Answer the question. What are your top three? So what are our goals for our listener? Helping men improve their confidence, change an energy about them, turn their lives around and effectively protect themselves. So as a last thing on that list, then I would say the other things are more important. 100%. Yeah, yeah. First answer would be to send them to Wes. Send them to Wes. Yeah, yeah, I would send them to Wes. I'd say going to BJJ would be my first one. For a middle-aged man. That's number one. Resident I agree. Is number one. <laughs> you would agree. I agree. 100%. <laughs> number number two? two? Boxing. Number three? Muay Thai. Before you give your reasons, yeah. what are your top three? I agree. I will make Andrew injures my words, but apart from the boxing, the street, self-defense, it might be good to know how to do some kicks, some elbows, some... Box is not really... So why did I put Muay Thai number three? Yeah. So yours is boxing? Number first, number one, BJJ. BJJ number BJJ, one. BJJ, I'll come with Muay Thai. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now as well for my next fight. So boxing, Muay Thai and BJJ? Uh, well... So we're on the no, same, no. pretty much the same Yeah, page. 100%. The energy level and power of a wrestler is that incredible as well. Wrestlers. And there's another thing as well, because if you're going to talk about martial arts, collectively is one thing, individually is another, right? Over the years, people have been talking about what's best. Is it best jiu-jitsu, this and that? But jiu-jitsu has been showing a really amazing improvement and resilience over the years. Since MMA, this thing starts. When the world didn't really know much about jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu used to beat. There was a lot of times that they put taekwondo with jiu-jitsu and the taekwondo one and karate, whatever. But that's not majority. Jiu-jitsu has been prevailed over the years. Nowadays, everybody have to be careful. Because everyone knows jiu-jitsu. But the reason everyone knows jiu-jitsu is because... Of UFC 1, UFC 2. It's because of it's been approved. We've been seeing from tournaments a lot of challenge over the years. BJJ against jiu-jitsu, wrestlers against jiu-jitsu, all this martial art against jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu end up on the top every single time. So both of you agree on jiu-jitsu? Oh, yeah. Both of you agree on the top three. Yeah. You're not that it's a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> we, should, we should have a debate. So you two are not that different after all then? Not at all. Martial arts, we have to remind everyone here that martial arts in general, they're all good. I always say this and I'll continue to say, it's going to change you a lot. But if you want to know what's good, what we like and what we believe, that 
can be more efficient for your self-defense, whether you want to compete or not, for life, daily basis, for yourself as a life. We continue to hear this thing from other professionals that when you do jiu-jitsu, you change your life, you know, the way you deal with family, work and all that. It comes to a place where once you start jiu-jitsu or any martial art, people think people want that too. How long is he going to take, right? I never have that mentality in the first place. Actually, I did. He crossed my mind because he crossed everybody's When mind. do I get blue belt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when do I get blue belt? <laughs> but does that help that you have those milestones, white belt, blue belt, purple belt, 100%. and then that hierarchy in your dojo, in your club, and it teaches you humility and those kinds of things. Does that help to it? It does. But I don't think levels is something that you have to really aim. It don't matter. You should never really aim. You just have to earn it. Work daily, practice, go. Whenever the coach or your instructor come, want to grade you, beautiful. But you shouldn't really be in a hurry to get the grade. This is the reason why I'm still purple belt. I should be black belt by now, nearly 10 years. I did have a lot of up and downs because of life. We have another problem. We have another. I started doing MMA full time two weeks ago. It took me 10 years to start finally do this thing full time. Anyone actually can, I know I might have a gift, but everyone gave, have a gift. And everyone is tough, and men especially. Girls as well. That's something that people have to remember. This thing is for everyone. A lot of people still think that martial art is too intimidating and then it's not really something to do. But you can, everyone can do it, man. Listeners are midlife men, and I think the reason I chose Jits as well Right, is I think it has something special to offer middle-aged men. There's something else in there. Explain that. Why not Krav Maga? But once you get into like jiu-jitsu, you go, what are the contexts of jiu-jitsu? Well, you're in a role. The instructor doesn't have to explain the context of jiu-jitsu because the context is you're doing jiu-jitsu yeah. and you're on a mat. There's the rules of jiu-jitsu and there's kind of, it's internationally agreed. But within those rules, what's happening is by definition, you're dealing with a trained opponent or trained partner. So the things that they're throwing at you are just so much more complex yeah. and so much more interesting. And that's a lovely thing about jits because you're kind of rolling it and, and what's happening is the guy's kind of making 10 decisions in the time it takes you to make one, right? So they're drowning you with their thinking. That's the and, key, and, I think. Right, because the guy has so many good habits that he's just doing. It's all just happening. He's got the right balance. He's got the right head position. He's taking the underhook. All of that stuff's just happening. And it's like, you're going, uh, should I be trying to set up? What should I even be doing? And he's already done all of that stuff and he's drowning. So you have to be able to, yeah, the situation is simpler. The guy is in half guard compared to, you know, like a street fight. But the things that they're doing to you are just so much more complex and yeah. so much more variable because they're just so much more planning to work with a, such a much more skilled opponent. 100%. It feels like complex. Yeah. So when men select their martial art or combat yeah. sport, how important is sparring during the practice? It depends. But I mean, if I get some, a middle-aged man come up to me and they say, oh, which combat sport would you recommend? That tells me that guy wants to have a sense of competition, right? Whether he wants to be in the octagon or doing a little yeah. tournament, I don't know yet. I think that guy's got a competitive spirit yeah. about him. So he wants to feel the push and pull of competition. You want to be in some kind of contest with the other person. So you need to have some kind of resistance and you need to be overcome and you also need to overcome other people as well. I think the thing is, this is the reason I love jujitsu because of the number of rules and safety measures in place and also the fact that you tend to have more experienced practitioners around in the mixed classes because people tend to stay on the journey longer 
in jiu-jitsu whereas yeah. in self-defense people tend to roll sure. quite quickly after like a couple of yeah. years you can be rolling with someone and into that sparring really soon and you get the benefit of that sparring really soon the benefit is you learn to die you're just there and the first time you're white belt and you're yeah. rolling against like a good blue belt even let alone a brown belt or purple belt or god help you a black belt it's like there's nothing you can do no and there's a lot of people most like that but they're probably asking themselves right now that uh, how safe that can be and we have this code in, in jiu-jitsu that allows everyone from zero to 100 years old it's for everyone female and male everyone can do it and it's safe because we we tap out we teach everyone to tap out as soon as you feel uncomfortable with anything that's the code of safety of friendship of respect Fortunately, in the beginning, you tap out a lot. Eventually, stop tapping out a lot. But the act of better. tapping out, that, yeah. there's something valuable behind that as well, I think. It, yeah, it, it brings is. down your ego. Humility. Uh, Bring, uh, adds a no, humility no, uh, in jiu-jitsu. Uh, that puts your ego down, you know. It might sound cliche, but that is about earning. There's a lot of rich guys, billionaire, whatever you famous. You better earn it because hey, that doesn't matter. It doesn't count here. Because then the poor dude who comes okay. along and all he does is he just comes in and trains like twice a day, yeah. five days a week. Yeah. And you could be loaded, man. And that yeah. guy just chokes you out. As you say, it's got to be earned. And that's the beautiful to. thing about it. And it is nice, you know, especially if you have those spirit of competitor, even without any knowledge. But eventually you get better. So the ones that don't make your top three, but three that you strongly endorse, uh, Wes, which were the three? I hate to talk about what I don't know, but I love it. As a kid, I used to love Kung Fu, Karate and all that. The Taekwondo. I love the Taekwondo stands. I don't know if you've seen Michael Page. He does. He's, he's a legend. I don't even know how he didn't up in, in the UFC. That dude has some of the greatest finishes. Oh, my God. What a stand-up. Genius. And unpredictable, and it's very hard. Very Terrifying. Oh, my God. I shake that. I have the privilege to shake that guy's hands before. He's good. He's a nice guy. Taekwondo is definitely the first. That's definitely not the last. I like this stand. I know nothing about it, but I know this stand. Trust me, I'm going to try to apply that next time. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about, I shouldn't say that because my potential opponent will know that. I hope not. When are you fighting? 21st July. 21st of July. Yeah, okay. He might, might hear this. He might, he might hear this. Guess. Yeah, better not say. <laughs> Don't post on Instagram yes. that you're on the podcast. <laughs> I do love this, the Taekwondo stand. I like that about myself as well. There's not many fighters out there who have this capability to reinvent. You always see Chelsea in the same way. You always see Michael Page in the same way. You always see this. And some sooner or later, someone will read you. So I would put the Taekwondo as a good... And karate as a second good, and then probably kung fu third good. It doesn't make any difference because I don't know nothing about kung fu and karate. <laughs> you just think they look cool. Even taekwondo, I don't know. Yeah, I just know. Cool. I just I just know how to stand up sideways, in and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> they look you know, cool. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? Which don't make your top three? When you're choosing what kind of fighting to do, we're kind of having this abstract discussion. So you could just choose any system, and they all happen to be close by. But that's not going to be the reality of anyone who's listening to this, right? It's going to make a huge difference whether you can get to your gym. Like, you need to be able to get to your gym. So it either needs to be reasonably close to home or it needs to be reasonably close to work. That is a key point. That's a huge point because the thing is, you need to adhere to good habits. And I think as a middle-aged man, a lot of the time what's happened is we've adhered to a whole load of good habits, which is how we got to middle age. But we've also let some drift. It really helps if 
the place is reachable, Absolutely. right? So I wanted to join the Hodger Gracie Academy in Hammersmith, but it's like a hundred minutes from my front door. It was only when Ross Nichols, who's a Hodger black belt, opened up London Grapple, eight minutes from my front door that I'm like, yeah, now I can get into this BJJ thing because it's close. It has to be proximate. You have to get into what atomic habits, this idea of habit stacking. Yeah. You want to have to stack the good habit, which is I'm going to go to my martial arts class on top of another habit, which is I'm going to go to work. And then you're going to go to your martial arts class. If you've got to travel 100 minutes to get to your BJJ class, you might go for like six months, but then you're just going to break. So proximity really matters. And it's not an abstract discussion. But if we were in the abstract and we're still talking about combat sport, so I still think we're dealing with a guy who might want to have like a competitive thing as opposed to the self-defense thing. I would go judo because judo is, it's available. In the UK, you can get to judo. You get a sense of competition. You get a sense of sparring. The judoka I've met are just lovely, peaceful people with great respect for each other and other systems, very peaceful, nice guys. And it's relevant self-defense scenario because the thing is grappling people while standing up wearing clothes happens. So I would say I put judo in there, just outside of that top three. Although fights don't start where you're holding on to someone. That's why I put boxing and Muay Thai up above that. Wrestling, for similar reasons, a fantastic thing to get into. And in fact, conventional wisdom used to be that you wanted to do striking, wrestling, then ground fighting, right? Because that's the order in which you close range with another dude. That's how a fight happens. You start from stand-up striking to stand-up grappling to ground fighting. And so you need to learn them approximately in that order. And I think what the UFC has taught us, especially Khabib Nurmagomedov in the last few years, is that wrestling is way more important than we may have understood when the whole thing started off. Because it's in wrestling that you'd get to decide whether we're going to the ground, whether we're going to stand up and keep wrestling, like Cain Velasquez style up against the cage, or whether we're going to stay striking, mm -hmm. right? Like George Tempier that kind of thing. So wrestling is way more important. My caution for, in terms of recommending wrestling to a middle-aged dude is the same reason I wouldn't recommend MMA necessarily to a middle-aged dude. And that is, it's fucking high impact. Like wrestling is just brutal, man. Especially when you get to middle age, it's like most of us have some mileage on us, tight backs, tight ankle or something. We've got some tweakery here and there. It's like getting taken down, picked up and slammed and whatever. Dudes don't tend to be on the wrestling floor and competing at a high level into their 40s, certainly not into their but 50s. I, but I do think when young boys grow up in school, when we fight, it's wrestling is the first form of fight. And punching and striking doesn't really come into it. I've seen them throw hands. Just because it's throwing hand they, they throw hands and then it descends into stand-up grappling immediately, which is what you'd expect in two untrained people fighting. It's just that the striking part doesn't tend to last because someone headlocks someone. Unless one of you knows counter clinch, how to frame and whatever, it's going to go into a clinch within two or three punches normally, especially if neither of you know how to throw straight shots. So you're both throwing circular shots. We're in a headlock and an overhook or something like that pretty much immediately from each other, right? So anyway, judo and wrestling. It's just wrestling is useful and it's competitive. It's not really available here in the UK. If your listener is in America much more available. And if you've got a teacher who can scale it, you can find a partner who's your own age and is sensible. I think wrestling would be a wonderful thing to take up as well. So just know your limitations if you're taking it on as a middle-aged man. This one's way out there, right? If I could do it, if it was available, Burmese Lithway. Have you heard of that? No. Burmese Lithway is like Muay Thai, right? But bare knuckle oh. with headbutts. 
Look, you're not going to recommend a middle-aged dude like actually I know. headbutt someone. But doing the training is effectively you're doing Muay Thai, but with headbutts. So is it the same stance as Muay Thai, but you just add those elements of head and bare knuckles? Watching the guys, they seem to have a, a slightly less upright stance because they're not dealing with the same degree of... I don't know, actually, because you can throw everything you can throw in Lithway as you can in Muay Thai. It's just that you can throw more in Lithway because you can throw the headbutt as well. But just watching them, they are slightly less upright. They're slightly less static than they would be in Muay Thai. But I'm sure those guys just spar without headbutts, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, they'll do some kickboxing with each other and they'll probably wear gloves for that. And the thing is, if the dudes come up to me and said, like, he's got a bit of self-protection and self-defense as like a minor priority... I wanted to train. Um, effectively, to go and do kickboxing with headbutts. <laughs> Interesting. Advice. So Lithuania would be my number six. So here's an interesting observation I've made, and maybe this is just me. Burmese people, Thai people, Brazilians, friendly people. Why are they creating these ferocious martial arts? Isn't that an irony? I think it all comes from the world we live in as well, because everything's linked. But in societies, you think people where fight, there's... Yeah lot of poverty and a big difference between the lower class and middle class. Those are generally the countries that create these martial arts as an escape, as an art. Hence why I'm thinking Thailand, Burma, Brazilia. Look, violence correlates directly with poverty. That's a fact. It's not my opinion. People, when they are poor and deprived of resources and they're cramped in terms of space, they fight more. And that's the same whether their species is rats, which is what the experiments have been done on. And it's the same when you look at the numbers for human beings. So it makes sense that poor people are going to be more violent than their wealthy counterparts. I mean, that's why Floyd Mayweather is like one of the great, whatever you think about him, like whether he is TBE, you know, the best ever or not. One thing that we've got to give Floyd is no one, no one has ever made that much money and continued to fight at that level. No one, right? The guy is a one-off because the guy is just an ultra millionaire, Right. And has continued to like fight at the very highest level against killers, yeah. right? And it's like, how are you this rich and still motivating yourself to do something? You must really love it. You must really love and it. It's an entertaining. And yeah, he's a almost... one-off, man. The guy is just a phenom. Absolutely, like poverty absolutely correlates to the proclivity to violence. But the point is like, if you're talking about middle-aged men, so there are audience, right? One thing that's interesting about them is by the time you reach middle age, you're hopefully not that poor because <laughs> you should have been spending like the first bit that was before middle age, like acquiring some resources and finding your way in the world. So. And spending it on the wedding ring. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so the urge to fight is not really by that stage tied to poverty usually, although it can be. And those are two distinctly different middle aged men. So you've got like the middle aged man who's not where he wants to be and really wants, is like angry and wants to turn his thing around. And then you've got your middle-aged man who's doing pretty well in what he's done with his life. But for some reason, he just wants to fight. He just wants to fight. And as a coach and as an instructor, it's like, these are really interesting. These two are really interesting dudes because I meet them over and over again in different forms and they have different motivations. But whatever it is, there's something primal about fighting and wanting to fight that draws these people to this thing. Although they have different motivations that come from different places, there's something special about what we do that's, I think, built into the very male psyche. And you're more actualized as a man if you get in touch with this instinct. Primal this, Yeah, this primal impulse to actually fight. Wesley, who are your favorite fighters? I do like what Conor McGregor has been doing for the last years. I mean, he brought this sport really where no one else have. And it's a serious guy I love to watch. Very enjoyable. It keeps up with my 
sort of style that I'm always looking to develop. A guy who controlled distance, who is a good time, just to time this guy out. He just humiliated guys. Yeah. And it's Prime Anderson, it's just like embarrassing dudes. Mm-hmm. So fun yeah. to watch. It's like so no effort. Amazing. Yeah. If that's the audience, I missed my introduction, by the way. You know, no, I, no, I introduced you. I, you did, you did. Yeah. I don't think I've said that I start in this whole thing but with the age of 27, 28. So we started at the same age. Yeah, I start in Montreux with the age, it was October when I start going to the gym, you know, out of nowhere, because I was a party boy, you know, living the life and all that. But 28 years old of age, it's not any young guy to it's become. Not. I have the same concerns that every man in this middle age have. It was really tough for me. I said I was living the life, I was living the life. I had an opportunity to leave Brazil in the first place. I was a fucking hairdresser. No one knows that. I, I don't Who know. I'm sure I shouldn't say this, right? <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's a beautiful work. I was a hairdresser for 10 years. I come from a very fucked up background. Would have every reason to have all these concerns you know, about protecting myself, especially after those street fights in Brazil, bad experience and then leaving, you know, having a hard time financially and all that. So 10 years as a hairdresser, and then I stopped that to leave Brazil as a model. I was not a model. People said I was a good-looking guy, but I could do modeling. I have no portfolio, no nothing. But I have a few photos that I send over the seas, and then they like it. They sign me up. I become a model. I learn. I knew how to do TV commercials. I always want to become an actor, but I would never do such a thing. This is sports. These things with a lot of glamour. It's for people who would have time to invest. You know, I never did have that time, but I was lucky to get this opportunity to leave Brazil. So I went to Thailand where I spent seven years modeling in this modeling thing. No English at all. So I left Brazil in 2008 with the age of 24 years old. By the time I, I reached my 27 to 28, I start fell in love with this new thing, which got me frustrated actually, because I was doing pretty well getting all the TV commercials and modeling thing. I was doing pretty well getting Toyota, L'Oreal and all that. And then you fell in love with fighting. It took me so long to learn. Do you know how? long it took me to get that confidence in modeling go to auditions and and then introducing myself hi my name is wes i'm from brazil i stand six foot, foot one inch and hobby wesley please my hobby i love playing football i have zero i thought i was gonna speak english with that dictionary you know flying from brazil to to asia I mean, yeah. when i get that i'll be ready uh, it was a nightmare every day. And then you had to explain to them that you were taking up an activity where you were just, I'm a model, and yes, that's why I have a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop the black eye out as well. I've just got into fighting. Mate, I, I was just lost. I have every reason to feel inferior and insecure due to my background and no high school. No, I didn't finish school at all. But where do you think that feeling of, because this is, most of Drew's listeners would be really interested in this because I've had this feeling as well. You say you're lost, right? Why is it that you have this feeling of being found when you got into fighting? Because I was lost, because I have been in trouble like any other human being. I'm sure there's a lot of people going through difficult times and not knowing what to do and having to deal with the life. People want to fight you. I just, the other day, bought my iPhone 14. I never had an iPhone. I haven't had a decent phone. I got lost along Paddington. That's what iPhones will do to you. It took me at the guy, I just approached and took my phone. I was really angry. Literally, 1400 that is gone. I was angry, you know. We work so hard to make a little money. I value the money because we don't have. And we need the money. I'm not a slave of this shit. Money has always been a bit of an issue for all of us. For some a little more, for some a little less. 
But I was lost. I was insecure. I didn't know what to do. But I always have this perseverance, you know, faith that I could get somewhere. But I was always exploring as well. I did it two careers. And then I finally found a real purpose in my life. I would do this for the rest of my life. What I'm trying to say is, I know whoever is listening to this, you might not know what you want to do in life, whatever the age you have. It happens to me. I didn't really know if I belonged to that modeling thing. Clearly didn't belong to that hairdressing thing. I don't spit on it. I'm so grateful I have those because I made some money. I, I could live my life. It was an experience. But you feel then like I you belong as a fighter. Finally, fine, fine. What is it about that that makes you feel like you belong there, man? It showed me something incredible because I've been... <laughs> Wesley's overcome, by the way. For guys who... You wish you could see his face right now, man. He, he loves I, I, uh, fighting. I love this dude. Wes, Wesley's just overcome with emotion. Okay. <laughs> speak, Andrew. Speak. Speak. Wesley's just like... It's, he has been saved <laughs> by the jitsu. It's like it's, it's, his spirit. He has just seen the light. What I have about to say right now is money is not a problem. It's the least of your problem to see what's ahead of you. you know? Find your purpose. If you can yeah. see... Yeah, so that's a Nietzschean idea, isn't it? So he who has a, a why can find any how. Do you think fighting came to you at age 28, you said? Do you think it came at the right time or would you have liked it to come sooner? I, I think so. Otherwise, I, think I, would, I hate to say that, but I was not, we're not getting any younger. So you get frustrated and you get sad. And what am I going to do? Life is tough for all of us. You got to find something. Even if you don't, you got to continue to... Keep searching for it. Yeah, search. Agreed. Don't you ever dare, don't you dare to give up uh, because we all can do some special shit in any department, in anything. I found it in martial arts. So um, you had your chest ruptured as well. So your love for martial arts, is that what kept you going, overcoming? You didn't care about the injury? I feel successful today. Injuries, money, me getting into the UFC or not nowadays, it don't really matter. Nothing really matters anymore. If I die, to die tomorrow, man. I'll die the happiest motherfucker in this planet. <laughs> so that is one of the coolest things about getting into fighting, because effectively you are, especially like, and this is what I love about jujitsu, is you are just dying every time you tap. Because you, you know that if, like, if they didn't let go, I would have just died right there. If I didn't die straight away, I'd like, he would have just snapped my limbs and then proceeded to kill me. But your ego just dissolves. And so you learn to die. It puts you at peace with things as well. I liked what you said that uh, when you're on the mats in jiu-jitsu, as an example, you die every day. And I think you die every day to the point where death is no longer a fear. And in modern day life, most of us fear death yes. and it manifests itself in so many different ways. Yes. And when you're learning to die every day, then there's nothing to fear eventually. Yes, I mean, hopefully. I mean, you, well, I mean, you have a fear, but it's not a paralyzing fear, right? It's a fear that impels you into action it's not a fear that stops you from moving it's a fear that makes you move so in other words this is something that jordan peterson talks about it's like you want to have your fears and your problems behind you pushing you forwards yeah not in front of you keeping you static that's your coach you know you want you want your you want your fears to be driving you towards somewhere that's positive when we trained kramara as well used to teach us you need to open up your voice yeah. because that in itself is a way of self-defense yes you communicate just by raising your voice when you need to raise your voice you can avoid an altercation. Yes. That is key. It's also just good for well-being. And you get to do it if you train fighting. Okay, we're reaching the end of the episode very, very quickly. Yeah. Wesley, your top favorite fighters were Conor McGregor, 
Anderson Silva and the third one was well Muhammad Ali 100%. Andrew your top 3 favorite Ali. Okay. Yeah, titan of his sport and transcended his sport and and represented his people at a time when it was needed. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Johnson. Man is 5 foot 3 like me so tiny dude a genius yes, of fighting. A genius of fighting. Guys, if you want to go and watch great fights go and watch him fight Rod Tang recently and in one championship he's fighting the better striker go and fight watch him fight Wilson Hayes in the UFC the BJJ master and what DJ proves in those two fights is mixed martial arts yeah. beats the striker beats the grappler he's the complete deal so that guy is just the epitome but a completely integrated martial artist very complete very intelligent and also comes across as such a nice guy down to earth guy yeah yeah, yeah. number 3 Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler is a savage. All of his fights is just like the most interesting and bloody fights. Go and watch his fight against Rory McDonald number 2, probably my favorite MMA fight of all time. You didn't have the same grappling exchanges as in Shogun versus Henderson 1, for instance. They had a lot of jiu-jitsu. You don't get that in that. But McDonald versus Lawler 2 is just a bloodbath and the biggest show of heart and technique in MMA history. Wow. The dude is just a savage. There was a lot of blood in that fight. stand up pretty much throughout the fight and yeah, uh, yeah I'd strongly recommend it. So to all you viewers do look these fighters up, get some inspiration and then uh, make a decision. What's next for you guys then as we wrap up? I'm training hard. 19th I, of July you said you're yeah, fighting. Yeah, and all what I'm thinking now obsessively is for my next match. You know, unfortunately didn't end up well for good for me last time. Cage war on the 21st July. Stay aware because I'm going to make something special. That's what I'm hoping for, working hard for, and I'm going to call the other guy that beat me last time or right after. That's my plan. I'm not going anywhere ahead for I get that guy who choked me last time. I got to prove a point. We're rooting for you, Wes. Uh, yeah, I got to do what I have to do next time and then if that microphone come to my mouth, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Nicky Bagley. That's the name. I got to have to fight that kid again before I get that 145 belt. And where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram Wesley Machado Pereira. So yeah, add me, come join me, support me. Thank you. We'll link that in the description. Thank you guys. Andrew, what's next and where can people find you? So two things are next. One, as a self-defense practitioner, I need to keep going. Right, so you don't know when it's going to happen. in self defense so that could happen at any age so what's next is what has come before it stays the same i keep on the road i stay on it because you never know when guys turn up and when they call my name i need to be ready what's also next is i need to be getting better so you cannot call yourself a serious martial artist or any martial artist really unless you are trying to get better so i need to be getting better and right now i'm working on short impact weapons hitting people in the back of the head and high kicking even as a short ass as i am i'm learning it because it's nice. useful and because it's about flexibility and reaching about the potential of my body and i think that's good for any of your listeners it's just relevant you want to know what your body can do and you want to develop your body's capability and as you get older you want to work on flexibility so that's what i'm going to do i'm also going to be working on teaching and it's also about presenting so more i want to get a youtube channel going yeah nice. he's big lovely he's such a great projection and i love it whatever he's speaking man It's about integrating that old photographer me with the martial artist me now going forward as well. Keep me posted on your YouTube channel. I will, yeah. do. I will do. And where can people find you? I'm on Instagram. You can find me at hashtag TheMusingCravist, K-R-A-V-I-S-T. Cool. So we will link that in the description below. Thank you very much, guys, for being with us and providing so much insight to men. And uh, hope to see you again on the show. Thank you for having us on. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, look forward to do it again. Take care, guys.
You've been listening to Midlife Maskin Podcast. Find us on all major podcast platforms where we encourage you to like, share, and subscribe or learn more at mlmpod.info. Thanks, and see you next time on the Midlife Maskin Podcast. Podcast.